When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yahoo. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this edition, Wednesday edition of Big Drive Energy, presented oh. by Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is the official sponsor of Big Drive Energy. We love our Pins and Aces gear. We just got a ton more in stock at the Valley and a ton more in stock in our closets. And uh, people are loving it. People are loving it. My wife they are eating the other it up. Day, and she was like, ooh, that, that leopard shirt. And then I gave her a little wink, you know. And, it, uh, and then uh, anyways, so. Really got, the, uh, got things going. No, but legit Pins and Aces is a family-owned golf and apparel business right here in Colorado. They make insane polos, hats, golf bags, and even the beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinking cold drinks the entire nine holes. They put round in there. Seven beers doesn't last us a whole round. Let's get real here. Depends on how many people are. Seven beers would last me 18 holes just by myself, but two of you, no, I need my own beer yeah, sleeve. Yeah, you, you got to have your own beer sleeve. So check out pinsandaces.com and use our code B. D E to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> it's Wednesday. The PGA Tour Championship is here. And the golf bros, Big Drive Energy. We've officially made it. People are copying our shit. <laughs> I spent the entire fucking day spamming flagging reporting get off our nuts get off them yeah they're not big enough for everybody to run <laughs> i'm like uh randy marsh with my nuts in that fucking uh wheelbarrow just walking down to the dispensary with my big inflated nuts 
Dude, what a joke, though. This shit's for like. Yeah, then- like I, one of my buddies texted me and he got a DM from them saying he won our contest. And I was he goes, is this real? And I was like, no. And shout out. We're doing a, a giveaway because we hit a million likes on TikTok. Not a big deal. Uh, a milli, a milli, a <laughs> But if you go on TikTok and you. A milli in here. A milli in there. If you go follow us on TikTok, long hair. Okay, you're done. If you go follow us on TikTok, follow Pins and Aces on TikTok, and comment BDE on our post, you will enter into a contest to win a Pins and Aces golf bag of your choice and a hundred and fifty dollar gift card. That's one of the best giveaways I think ever. Like I've never seen. You can double dip it. You can dip one part in, go a little gift card. You already get the golf bag, so you don't have to buy that. And then you dip in the little BDE promo code. You get 15 more percent off. and you're Oh, fuck. So it's basically like a $180 wins wins. gift card. Essentially, yes. Good <clears> math. That's fire. Um, yeah, it's it's a fucking great contest. The boys over at Pin and a- Pins and Aces hooked us up fat. So go ahead and comment on that. I think we have around 2,000 people entered. I think we have. Let me check the good old talk real quick. Okay, let's talk real quickly about the endorphins that Spencer gets by opening our TikTok. Like, it's become a a thing where he just stares at it. Because I think are we really we're really close to fifty thousand followers, correct? Oh, we may hit it live while we're while we're doing this podcast. Well, not really live, but oh my god, yeah, we're two hundred away. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Two hundred away from 50k Um, but yeah spencer gets like i'm pretty sure he gets like sexually aroused by our tiktok notifications so uh that's something that you may need i don't need no roman swipes just give me tiktok (laughs) you will need roman swipes if you fucking stare at our tiktok long enough (laughs) i'm i'm a stallion i'm good to go uh so how's your week ben brother i know we've spent most of it working together you're going on what 14 days straight yeah, I'm going to, by the end of this scenario, uh, I'm going to be at 12 days straight after Saturday's little morning shift for the Wagner tournament. And uh, let me tell you something real quick about this Wagner tournament. This <laughs> fucking guy, Paul, if you're listening, I doubt it, but this guy is no joke called me. He called four times today to talk to me, just today. And I've had four meetings with him. He's called me four times today. He's called me probably no joke, no exaggeration, 50 to 70 times in the last since I started setting this thing up in fucking March when there was snow on the ground. He's come out to the course four times. He's dropped off, literally filled our entire shed. All I'm saying is don't be that person. When you're setting up a tournament, just let the golf pro do his work, man. Send me one email with 12 questions. I'd rather that than 12 emails with one question. Well, you know? and it, it's really, it's really not that complicated. Like people make golf tournaments, something they're not. And I guess maybe because we do it for a living it, it seems easier, but you send a player list, you send sponsorship shit, you send where, what goes on what hole you send us stuff to put in the goodie bags and, uh, you set up whole contests and that, I don't really think there's much other than that. Is there, did I miss anything? No. You did not miss a single I just single described thing. a golf tournament in about 20 seconds, and this dude's taken six months to figure his shit out. So, um, yeah, Spencer's really doing the Lord's work, uh, grinding through the trenches. 
the one upside to this tournament is they're paying me like $400 to sit out on a hole and hit golf shots all day for people. Um, I guess that just comes when you're this talented, people want to see it, but <laughs> no, it's, it's just kind of by default, but still making some pretty good dough, uh, just bullshitting with people out on the course. Like it's just cause imagine... I didn't want to do it. Oh That's yeah. Basically how, what it amounts to. Well, you didn't want to embarrass yourself is what I think. Here... Yeah. As, as a golf pro, uh, I love, I, I get nervous and I think most golf pros will feel this way too. They get super nervous to hit shots in front of people. <laughs> like, cause I'm, I don't want people to be like, Oh my God, what the fuck is, what the fuck is you doing out here? Yeah. There, there's definitely some sort of like unrealistic expectation that gets attached to our names. And we've talked about this before, but when you say you're a golf pro, everybody assumes you play golf for a living. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm I've never, I, I'm not gonna say I've never gotten nervous. Cause I definitely have, but something like this doesn't make me nervous. And if I hit a bad shot, I hit a bad shot. You know, I really don't give a shit. They're paying me either way. That's I'm I'm like fucking evil can evil. I get paid for the attempt. Yeah. Speaking of nerves, real quick, we were watching. Uh, we had our women's club championship this past weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, which I'll get into after this little story, but we were watching the DP world tour event. The last hole, what an absolute kick in the dick for Gavin green lips out a putt to go to a playoff when he's been leading the whole time, but really cool story on the flip side. What was the guy that won it? Maximilian Kiefer, Max yeah. Kiefer, yep. ger- ger- German guy. Um, and he did an interview afterwards and was like, uh, this is going back to the nerves. He was like, I was so nervous on 18. He's like, I stepped up there and mind you, this is a guy that just won a DP world tour event. He's like, I think he's 33 or 34 and finally just broke through and won his first event. But he goes, I thought I was going to entirely miss the fucking ball <laughs> minus the fucking, but that's what I had to put in for this. Oh, podcast. I'm sure that's what he's telling all of his buddies, but yeah, uh, nerves are a very, very real thing. I can't imagine hitting like a long iron over water on the 18th coming down, like with a chance to win. I'd probably hit like six inches behind it unintentionally, like lay it up behind the pond. Cause I would just absolutely drop kick the piss out of it. But the, the kind of nice thing, I mean, if you feel good enough about your golf swing is in those spots, you're so focused on the nerves that sometimes you just kind of step up. You kind of have the intention of what you want to do and where you want to go, but then you almost just black out. And for a lot of players, that can be a good thing. You know, if, if you handle nerves well, um, then kind of blacking out over the golf ball isn't terrible. Uh, like I've done that a few times and I'm not saying I've done anything significant here, but uh, some of the best shots I've ever hit, I don't really remember. You don't really have a chance to have a thought process. You know, you just have to go into the shot with good intentions and hope that you don't hit it like dog shit. But yeah, uh, I felt really bad on 18 um, Gavin green with a fucking 360 lip out. And if, if you're a big golf fan and you're waiting for something on a Sunday morning to watch and you have nothing turn on the DP world tour. Like I, I almost enjoy watching that as much as I enjoy, if not more watching the PJ tour, because it they're playing in all these different countries. The, the courses look unreal. Um, it's a lot of names you probably haven't heard of, but once you get familiar, 
these guys are all world-class players that are, are eventually going to make it over here and play on the PJ tour if they choose to, but it's just a blast to watch. So I feel like that's a good bridge between waking up and 11 o'clock football. Do you feel me? Cause that one of the, with football season arriving, we, the toughest thing about Sunday is between when you wake up and when football starts, like, and there's many different ways to, to use that time. Like sometimes I like to be productive. So then I don't feel like a giant fucking sack of shit when I lay on the couch for the next eight hours and do nothing. Or you just fucking commit to vegging out, walk, turn on the golf channel, watch the DP world tour till like 10 AM, then flip it over to like fantasy football. Now walk in those lineups and you're ready to rock. So there's definitely different ways. Like, do you know what I think is one of the most insane things ever? And we've talked about it, but dudes that play want to go play golf on fucking NFL Sunday, like make me sick to my stomach. How can you call yourself a fucking football fan and you're out playing golf, playing some shitty round when your football Dude, 95. Team, yeah. And your team's playing fucking football. Like they're, I don't care how much you love golf. I think football is better than golf. <laughs> and I know this is a golf podcast, but NFL football is better than golf. And I can pretty comfortably say that I love golf to death, but you give me options on a Sunday to go. I'd have to be playing like fucking Pebble Beach or somewhere that was just top tier to get me off the couch on a Sunday from watching football. Cause that's just not my style. Well, and, and we, the PGA tour knows it as well. I mean, why do you think the PGA tour playoffs for 2022 are ending in late August? They're not dumb. They're not dummies. Exactly. They know rules the world. We've talked about this. So they, they've kind of gotten smart about it, but then the weird thing is, is then the PGA tour just starts right again next week. Like it doesn't really feel like there's an end to it. And we'll kind of talk about some of the winners of these lame ass events because, Oh, one other thing, the women's club championship, we did have a playoff in flight two that Spencer so graciously let me go out and run. Um, it's such a blessing that he allowed me to do that. But one, one lady, and I liked both ladies, both very cool ladies. Um, one lady, it's part three over water. It's only like a hundred yards, but you got to hit it over the Creek, over some, some tall, uh, like cattails and shit. So first lady hits in the hazard, not really like findable. We didn't end up finding it. Second lady hits. It's like 20 feet. So the first lady takes a drop, hits it on. She's like putting for a bogey. She's got like a 10 footer for bogey. Um, and other lady with like the 20 footer just drains it just fucking throats like a 20 footer for birdie first playoff hole. And mind you, she's like a 20 to 25 handicap. Does that sound about right? 20. Yeah. I think she's a 23, 22. Yeah. I was going to say, so, I mean, not a lot of birdies out there for her, but (laughs) the fact that she, it makes it even more impressive that she made birdie on that first playoff hole to kind of just dig the knife a little bit deeper in that W. So well, that's of, so like such a savage move to I know, like just, just make because you wouldn't think like it. you wouldn't think of that, you know, like you like when being the other lady, where did she hit it again? Did you say sorry? Did you say that or was I just... hazard? Oh, God. OK, so it was kind of like an like a super cli- anticlimactic. That's just yeah, like, oh, well, dude, 
I I oh I hate that. That's but, there's, I mean there's a reason I didn't go out for that. But realistically, there the other lady had an outside chance of still tying because she had a 10 footer for bogey. And as a 22, 23 handicap, I guarantee you the other lady probably three putts at least a couple times around and it wasn't a close, butt. so there's an outside chance, but she just never a doubt right in the center just ended it. So uh, uh, she clutched up. I was, I was proud of my lady, Diana. She fucking such a savage move. And I also got uh, another savage move from another lady that her name won't be. Um, She her her last name is the type of cracker that goes on a s'more. Just I don't know if you're supposed to say that either. I'm not giving. I'm not indicting anyone. So we had every group finish at like 8 a.m. Shotgun. Every group started at the exact same time. We had. 13 of 14 groups or 10 11 of 12 or whatever 11 of 12 groups in by about 1250 and then we get to like 145 and the group well the last group is still not in which is preventing us from doing just about everything we had the first second and third flight all scored we're waiting on one group to finish that was the entire fourth flight uh to finish their 18 holes turn in their scorecard so we could do the horse race and all the betting games and everything and Apparently they were so slow. They were holding up public play that had started three and a half hours behind them on. It was just a nightmare. Um, Stupid me for opening up the tea sheet too early. But uh, this one lady comes storming up here and just goes, I am fucking pissed. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. She's like, the marshal told us to speed it up and it's a tournament. And I I've kind of had it at work we're at that point in the year where you just kind of don't take anybody's shit anymore you don't really care and i just said you guys played in almost six hours with no one in front of you she's like that is unacceptable he got have done you know, it what's that, unacceptable that. is playing around a golf in six hours i don't yeah i was like you know what's unacceptable ladies i've been waiting to drink a beer for an hour because you guys should have been done an hour ago and i'm still sitting here at, at my little desk waiting for you to turn your goddamn scorecard in. That's what's unacceptable. Um, but then she she did email me and apologize and said sometimes she can be a dot, dot, dot. So I, and literally a dot, dot, dot. So you can interpret that See, however you want. But And this goes for golf, but just so many other things. Like if you're going to have to reach out and apologize for something, have you ever considered just not doing it? People like, get heated in the moment, bro. I've I know, apologized to myself a, every time I throw a golf club. Okay, but taking a step back and realizing that this is different. Like, that's that's just immediate reaction to being pissed. Like, she's ha- she's been out there on the golf course for six hours. Like, what kind of lack of self-awareness do you have to have to play a round of golf in six hours and feel zero remorse? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do understand that. But people don't. We do. But yeah. not everybody does. But it's just something where it's like, you know, if, if you really need to feel the need to apologize, maybe just think about it before you say it next time. And I'm yeah. not like a fucking Gen Z, like fucking sensitive Nancy over here. But it's it's so much easier to not have to apologize for something you didn't say. Which is rich coming from me because I literally talk 
fucking incessantly and I say a lot of shit that is questionable, but I rarely like freak out when it's not necessary. Is that is that a fact, Spencer? Can you back me up? That is a fact. You were being kind of bitchy towards the end of the event. But well, we'll I was just kind of done with you ordering me around like a bitch. So like I'm my little bitch, though. <laughs> no, I'm when not. We step inside the lines of that pro shop. You are mine. <laughs> you will do uh, what I say. No, I'm going to pass on that. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, All right. Well, let's get into. Should we get into recapping? Oh, wait, uh, wait, wait. One last thing about the club championship. The girl who won it, so she plays college golf somewhere in Connecticut, some small school, but she's like far and away the best girl on our women's league. She's like in six or probably like a four or six handicap, and the next closest is like a 14 or a 12. So she's far and away the best. So she shoots 74 the first day and then 78 the second day, but the 78 was a 32 46. That's fucking bonkers. She and that was with a bogey on the front. She turns in 32, proceeds to make a nine on our 10th hole out of Spring Valley. Yeah, which is a tough hole. I can it is, but a nine is a nine. But when you've made five birdies and six holes, and then you go there and drop a niner, yikes. That's just a steamer right in your pants. That's just a big steaming dump. But she still won by like 12 shots, so it really didn't matter. Yeah, she so, could have made a 22 on that hole. And probably you could have played the back left nine hand. left hand and still won. Yeah. So shout out to her, Clara, fucking player. She's 32. Sick. 32 is just sick no matter who you are. Like, yeah, 32. Even, is... like, even if I went out and played the red tees, I, I'd be kind of struggling to get. I'd 32. love to see you get beat by her on from the red tees. Like, oh. do you understand how emasculating that would be? That's not even subtle emasculinity. That's full on. <laughs> that is, correct. That's just flat <laughs> out. I don't know if you can show your face out there for a week or two. No, but I did. Uh, for the record, let's let's set something straight here. I did fire sixty five from the Reds at Spring Valley once. So oh, okay, respect. Yeah, also, yeah. got to give a shout out to all of the awesome ladies that make it a blast. I know actually a few of them listen to this. Uh, Trish Cawthon, she's fucking awesome. Diana Schaefer is awesome. Chris Avalet, those two are in the playoff and they were both awesome. Just, you know, it's just like any job. There's good people and there's bad people and you just got to try to remember the good people. So appreciate all the, the, the ladies who came out and had a good time and gave us a story to tell. And didn't fucking berate us because an old guy told him to speed up. <laughs> so shout out to you. If you didn't do that, you win in our book. You're a winner. Yeah, you're the real Straight. MVP. The real MVP. All right. Should we talk about the BMW championship here? Let's get into it. Yeah, we'll, dude. We'll where the fuck playoffs. Where the fuck does Patrick Cantley come from again? Patty playoffs, bro. Dude, he just clutches up every fucking I mean, he's didn't didn't he win last year at the BMW and the tour championship? He most certainly did. And this year he has a he has a chance to win four go like four for four in the, the two final tournaments of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is absolutely fucking insane. And I don't want to give too much credit to myself here, but we, we had it turned on. Uh, I mean, we had it turned on all day, but I think it was a putt that Cantlay made like late on the front nine, early on the back nine. And he made like a 15 or 20 footer. And I was like, dude, if, 
if Canley's putter gets high, it's over. And he, he putted, he didn't putt phenomenally, but he scrambled very, very well. He had a few really clutch bunker saves and he's just one of those dudes that is built different in the fact of when the big moments arise, he steps up and that's, that's a pretty rare quality to have in any sport. You know, it's, you have to have somewhat of a killer instinct and looking at that bag of milk, Patrick Cantlay, it doesn't really look like he's got the, the Mamba mentality, but he's, he just fucking gets it done, dude. He's uh, and I actually heard him interviewing, uh, getting interviewed today and, they say what, or the lady asked him what, like, what's his mindset about winning in the playoffs? And now he hasn't really won this year. And then to come out and win this week. And he was like, I always just remember that, that Jack Nicholas has more second place, uh, second place finishes in his career than major championship and in major championships, he has more second place finishes than wins. And he's like, I just got to remember that when it's my time, it's my time. And, uh, he's just going to keep grinding. And that's really as a golfer, that's the best mindset you can have is patience because I think we've discussed this multiple times, but golf is one of those sports where the more you try to reach out and grab it, the further away it gets from you. Like you have to let it come to you. And that still means you're grinding and, and staying up with your game and practicing your ass off, but you're, you're grinding for that, that moment, you know, you're not, like I'm grinding for this week. You're grinding. You're, you're thinking long-term and waiting for that moment to come to you. So I think Cantlay is very, very good at that. And he's just a phenomenal ball striker anyways, though. I was actually thinking about this and you can tell me what you think, but we've seen some fairway bunker shots this year. First two that come to mind are Fitzpatrick out of the bunker on 18 at the U S open. And uh, Patrick Cantlay is, I think it was on 18, again uh this week at the bmw i think a, a bunk a fairway bunker shot is what like separates the men from the boys and that's where tour players like i'm not gonna lie you hand me a, a fairway bunker shot i usually club up like one or two and try to knock it down i don't try to get full trajectory out of it because i'm so worried about hitting behind it and just hitting it 30 yards so the fact that these guys with everything on the line go and hit fairway bunker shots, like either close or on the green to, to win it, it's fucking as clutch as it gets. Cause if you ask me any shot, I didn't want to hit coming down the stretch with, you know, with a one shot lead and I have to make par it's a fairway bunker shot. Like that's without a doubt. Cause there's so many things that can go wrong. You can fucking pack it up into the lip. You take a drop, you make six, like, there's so many options of things that can go poorly that these guys just fucking impress me every time they trade a bunker shot. Like it's just like a tight lie in the fairway. Cause that I'm just not built for that. Well, the bunker too is interesting because the actual overall general concept of bunkers, because you shouldn't like the normal player doesn't really practice them. You know, like it's, it's a weird concept of, practicing like your chipping and practicing your bunker play. Now, obviously there's very different skill levels in the game of golf where you should be practicing everything or certain things, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's like practicing. How do you even relate it to another sport? It's like a quarterback practicing tackling for when he throws a pick 
Right. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what the concept of it is. Like, you know, you're going to, you don't necessarily have to hit any bunkers and you may not hit a bunker for an entire tournament, but it's one of those things where if once you're good at it or once you have it down, you are just a, like, you're just putting yourself above and beyond the rest of the field. Oh, exactly. Like having every shot in the bag is, is a must in order to make it to the PJ tour, because if you're playing a hundred plus rounds of golf per year, you're definitely going to find yourself in some spots. You never think you'd find yourself. So I think that's a huge part of it is just, uh, realizing that you need to be very diverse in your shot making and, and what like your trajectory control, your distance control, even hitting like a five iron, 110 yards. Like I guarantee you those guys practice that at some point because they just are that dialed in. So um, big props to Patrick Cantlay. And I know we, we won't probably talk too much more about the BMW. I mean, there, it was a very star studded leaderboard. I'll give it that uh, for all the shit talking I was doing about the Zurich uh, this, this year um, or this last weekend, it was, I would say besides Scott Stallings, um, everybody in the top 10 and maybe Taylor Pendrith, but we had Cantlay, Shoffley, Scheffler, KH Lee, Corey Connors, Joaquin Neiman, uh, John Rahm, and Rory McIlroy in the top 10. So pretty fucking stacked leaderboard and shout out to them. <laughs> shout out to the PJ Tour for still hanging on by a thread. Oh man, that's deep. But exactly. yeah, I, I, one thing I was going to say is like once Shoffley kind of fell off mid Sunday, I was just like, Oh, like, come on. We got Scott Stallings trying to win the fucking BMW. Give me a fucking break. But here. dude, Scott Stallings is a pretty cool story. Like he, I think he played at like Eastern Tennessee or something like that. And like, wasn't a huge like prospect coming out when he got out of college to, to make it to the PJ tour and really like grinded his way there. He won a few, he won like seven, eight years ago. And then, and he was a thick boy. Like I'm, I'm a thick boy, so I can, I can spot a thick boy. It takes one to know one. And he was thicker than a snicker dropped like 50 pounds, completely like rebuilt his body, rebuilt himself. And now he's like a gym rat. Um, and he wears, have you ever, I don't think, I don't even know if these exist because I've never seen anyone wear them, but he wears no bowl um, golf shoes. You know, those like workout shoes you see on Instagram, the N-O-B-U-L-L. Yeah. Yeah. He wears those as like golf shoes. And I don't know if you could be any more of like a Jim Hardo to wear those while you're golfing. Unless you wore like a, a tough mutter polo. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there you go. Like maybe wear your number from the last marathon you ran on the back of your shirt. I mean, did you really do the tough mutter if you don't wear that shirt to the gym every single time afterwards? Yeah, that's so. a fact. That's a fact. If you don't have the 26.2 on your the back of your fucking car, did you run a marathon? But no, Scott Stallings is like a gym hardo. And it's kind of inspiring to me. Like it's like I have a 10 second window where I'm like, wow, I should do that. And then I go grab some more snacks out of the pantry and sit my ass back on the couch. <laughs> then I'm like, ah, that, that, uh, that feeling has, has fled me. Yeah. Like I'm going to be honest now. Like I've been, I've been thick my whole life, but I've learned to just embrace it. Um, luckily my girlfriend likes it, so I can't really complain there. I'm just kind of like a big cuddly bear. 
So, but I've just kind of embraced that thickness role. Like, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'll have like some midlife crisis in my fifties and get like ultra jacked and maybe do a cycle roids. Oh yeah. Really turn my shit around, but I, it's going to take me hitting rock fucking bottom to get that. I'm going to, something's going to, something's going to have to happen to me where I, I absolutely have to make a life change. Oh God. All right. So this is a safe space, right? This is, this is funny. All right. So when you, when you were rocking your, your Zippo polo the other day, right? It's, it's a bit tight, right? Okay. I felt like a busted can of biscuits. So I was texting a buddy today about, um, buying those polos, like use our promo code BDE over at pinsandaces.com. And I said, if you're buying a polo, they do fit a little tight. And he goes, yeah, I saw Mitch wearing that one like a scuba suit. <laughs> Who was that? Johnny Snyder, dude. Oh, was my. Fucking, it Fuck was, you, John. I, I didn't want to tell you, but it's just too perfect and too funny. But fucking thinking about wearing it like a scuba suit. Well, the crazy thing is in like a low key plug for pins and aces. High key because they fucking sponsor this podcast. But. Even with that shirt like looking somewhat tight on me, it's still super comfortable because it's so stretchy and elastic. It's just too tight. Like I can't operate at that level with my fucking muffin top hanging out. <laughs> like my people are probably just staring into the eye of my belly button. Like it's fucking it's like the crack and coming out of the sea. Like I can't. Uh, but you still rocked it. I mean, it's still it's still great. I mean, it it only has a million views. So, I mean, you yeah, know, that's it. Not a big deal. Only a not million a people saw, saw your belly button. But make sure you do go check out that Zippo polo. That is only going to be out for a little while. It's a limited release. So check it out. Uh, we've had some other people order it. So make sure you go get it. It's a fucking sick polo. It's like a sick color blue. Um, Got the Zippo, got the hippos on it. And uh, we, you know, he he told us off air, but Nick told us about some pretty sick collabs coming up that I think are absolutely going to pop with pins and aces. So make sure you're checking that out and make sure you're checking out the Colorado golf association as well. There's a membership where you can join over 70,000 golfers in Colorado and you receive official USGA handicap with worldwide access to score posting and GPS tracking. So you're getting in on the handicap. You can bet against your buddies at a fair level, knowing what their handicap is, knowing what your handicap is. And then you guys can go out on the golf course and gamble. And membership is at the CGA is more than just a handicap or being part of something. You get to play exclusive courses such as Aspen Glen, the club at Ravenna, Pinery, and a bunch of other places in their member play days. You also get access to exclusive member content with offers and discounts from a bunch of national and local companies, including Imperial. They make some of the best golf hats other than pins and aces out there. Golf Tech, you can get lessons there so that handicap can go down. PGA Tour Superstore, great spot to go. I love going in there and just buying random golf stuff. I'm kind of that nerd where I like golf. You know, I have plenty of polos looking at my closet here, plenty of polos and pullovers, but like golf t-shirts and just different pairs of shoes, different fun hats that you can get. Um, Learn more about the Colorado Golf Association by visiting coloradogolf.org and use the code DNVR5 and you get $5 off your yearly membership. And I'm telling you, if you're trying to play competitive golf, not even competitive, but like if you want to have a legit handicap, which I think, you know, sometimes we talked about it last week on 
golf douches and talking about their handicap, but realistically, like it is a huge part of golf and it's what makes golf so awesome is that I can go out and play against a quote unquote 20 handicap and there's a fair game out there somewhere. Now, somebody always thinks they're getting fucked if they lose, but overall, like it's a fair ish game. If you're competing against one another and have a legit handicap, you haven't been sandbagging as you will as some people tend to do. But if you have a legit handicap, you can play against people that are scratch golfers, essentially, which I guess I consider myself a scratch golfer, but uh, some days it's a a lot less than scratch, but you can gamble fairly and effectively when you have a handicap, you could also gamble fairly and effectively over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. college football is back. We made it through the last weekend without football. Uh, I hate Nebraska. We're going to have a, a Nebraska guy on here potentially probably next week. So uh, I'll get this out. I'll get this out before he, uh, he comes on because of course we're not going to talk too much about that or about our disdain for them. But uh, new customers over at the DraftKings Sportsbook can bet $5 on any college football team and you get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. So you can bet on Nebraska, you can fucking lose, and then you're getting $200 in free bets. You can play same game parlays for a shot at bigger payouts where you can buy multiple bets on which team will win, which team can score first, much more. There's also my favorite bets coming back. First touchdown, I'm addicted, physically addicted to first touchdown bets in every single game, especially the the one-off games, like the games by themselves, Thursday nights, Sunday nights, Monday nights. There is no game that goes by that's by itself in the NFL that I do not have a first touchdown bet. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on Nebraska, and when they lose, you get $200 in free bets instantly. Code DNVR only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Only one bet per new customer. A minimum of $5 deposit and wager. And the $200 will be issued as eight $25 free bets, which you can also then turn into actual cash in your account. Restrictions do apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Speaking more about gambling, let's get into the Tour Championship. So as we talked about last week, there's different strokes for different folks here. <laughs> you like that? That's fucking that was very good. well, very well done. You fucking cheese ball. All right. So as it pertains to this tournament this weekend, as we told you, we got guys starting at 10 under par, eight under par, it's supposed to be seven under par, but our boy Willie Z man, kind of a unfortunate story. I thought he was just going to take the week off last week at the BMW after he withdrew and come back guns a blazing for this tour championship but he is actually out so he is third place uh right now in the fedex cup points standings and if every if all of their 29 players that receive uh invitation to this tournament that are that have qualified for this tournament if you will it's not really an invitation it's earned uh if they all finish this tournament off 72 holes willie z will finish in 30th place and get five hundred thousand dollars. man sucks to be him but oh wow uh, that's fucking terrible dude when first place overall is clearing 18 million it does kind of give you the feeling like he would have started at seven under and three strokes off but uh we got scotty scheffler the current fedex cup points leader starting at 10 under par we've got patrick cantlay starting at eight under par we've got xander shoffley sam burns or xander shoffley at six sam burns at four 
cousin Cam playing one of his last tour events potentially at at four under. Uh, uh, along with Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, Sepp Straka, and Sanjay M. Then rounding out the top 10 at three under, we've got Rom, Scott Stallings, Justin Thomas. So my two picks uh, in a couple podcasts ago to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. Scott, uh, not Scott. No Scott, chance. Justin Thomas and John Rom three under. So they're starting seven strokes back along with Matthew Fitzpatrick. And then you got guys like Homa, Matsuyama, Spieth, Neiman Hovland at two and rounding it out. Morikawa, Horschel, Hogue, Corey Connors, Brian Harmon, KH Lee at even par. or They're all at one under KH Lee at even par. And I will say one thing that's kind of cool about this in relating back to the BMW was just watching hole by hole. They had, they did a PGA tour, did a great job. You know, we've given them a lot of shit, but I will say hats off to them. They did a really good job of, of how they display the leaderboard and where players are going hole to hole. And it didn't necessarily even matter what they were doing. Obviously it mattered what the other guys were doing. And so like you would see one guy would start out even, or, you know, he was even par in his Sunday round and he was in 31st place. And then he made a couple of birdies and now all of a sudden he's in 29th and he's in like, there's just something about that, like extra excitement of a tour event that, you know, only X amount of guys are making it to the next event. So I think the PGA tour hats off to them. They did a great job of, displaying that and kind of keeping everybody in the loop on where you're at and explaining it on the broadcast as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. And uh, one of the toughest Sundays probably for anybody out there is Shane Lowry because he finished 31st. So he was on the outside looking in. And I actually think that if Adam Scott would have bogeyed his final hole, I think that would have put uh, Shane Lowry in and somebody else out. I think not necessarily Scott, but I don't know exactly how it, it pushed everything, but well, Scott is out. He's not in Scott's he's not, not in. He's not in the club. Oh shit. There, there was such a stupid, there was a stupid advertisement. So KH Lee, JT Poston, Sahith Agala, Adam Scott, and Aaron wise all will be at even par. I missed okay. him. There was a, there was an ad on the PGA tour leaderboard that was blocked. Okay. I was like, yeah, cause Scott was the bubble boy. He was the 30th. So um, yeah, that's gotta be a tough, Tough day for Shane Lowry, but I don't think any of these dudes are really hurting for the dough. I could be wrong. Some of them may like to gamble like old lefty. So, but uh, I think overall, these guys are going to survive no matter what. Just a tough Sunday, though, when you have that opportunity, because hypothetically, if you play your balls off, if you shoot 65 four days in a row, then you can win, what, $18 million? Like, yeah, that's pretty fucking insane. So. I don't really think there's like realistically, what do you think the chances like what what's the highest starting score that somebody's gonna start with that can realistically win it? I don't know what that was. That was wild. What is this? What's happening? Is that your house? We've got a yeah. sudden pause. Mitchell's got a carbon monoxide alarm. Oh, it just went off. All right. We're back. <laughs> what the fuck? For a second, I... I thought your house was burning down. I'm all right. You're burying me. No, no. I did not okay. know where that came from. We're good. But uh, looking at it, dude, I I mean, East Lake is a par 70, which is kind of lame. It's not as easy to go as low. You know, you don't have a bunch of par fives. Uh, I do just because I'm a homer and I pick these guys and I'll ride with them. I do think a guy at three can. If he shoots 64 or 65 the first day and gets to eight, let's say he gets to shoot 65 and gets to eight under par, 
and Scheffler or Cantley hang around even, then they're in it. I think anybody from three on has a shot just because of the names as well. Rom, Thomas, Young, Fitzpatrick, like all proven, proven guys. I think any of them have a chance. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think the lowest and it, it all depends on how they do it. Like if you go out the first day and get yourself in contention, then I think it kind of changes the dynamic. Like if you hang around, even maybe shoot one or two under, I think you got to make a move early if you're going to do it, being in a, in a lower position, just to let everybody know you're there, you know, and it all like Scotty Scheffler controls his own destiny. If he plays well enough, he's going to be fine. But I, I don't, it's just tough to say because between Cantley and, and Scheffler with how well they're playing right now, I don't really see them both having real dog shit weeks. Like, I think it's almost down to the, those two, but that ideally for um, parody purposes, you know, we have some guy come out of nowhere and shoot fucking 64 the first day, 63 and get himself right back in it. So that is kind of the beauty of it. But at the same time, I think Scheffler's had too good of a year to come out and just lay a fucking egg on Thursday and I, I think he'll probably establish himself with like a 66 or 67 on day one. And then kind of, I wouldn't say cruise, but play like damage control from there. And, and it's also got to be a tough mindset thing too, because starting with a lead, you still have to play aggressively. Like you can't, you can't sit back and let everybody else come up to you. You know, you have to remove your, you have to move away from the field as much as you can. So um, it's definitely a mindset thing, but I, I really don't see, I would love to see Scheffler and can't like come down the stretch to battle it out. I think that'd be pretty fucking electric. I'd personally be rooting for can't cause, um, as vanilla as I thought can't was last season, Scheffler's just taken vanilla to a whole new level for me. And I'm talking about boring, not their gen or not their, not their ethnicity. Just, what? <laughs> I'm talking about how vanilla, like Scotty Scheffler is zero personality. He, who does he look like? Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, he looks like fucking Buzz Lightyear with like a third of the personality of Buzz Lightyear. So I would definitely be rooting for Cantlay in that position. And it, it is really just amazing how he can turn it on when he needs to because he really hasn't had a, a really impressive season. Uh, he's had, r- relatively speaking, like Scheffler's had a very, very impressive season four W's like leading the FedEx cup the whole year, but Canley's playing right at the right time. And that's kind of the, the beauty of it is he's like the New York giants. Just fucking turn it on in the playoffs, get hot, make a run. The Eli Manning, New York giants, dude. I don't think you can group the entire franchise. I'm talking about that. the two steaming pile Richard. of shit. No, but, I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I do think though that Scheffler, like, I, I think the mindset will be interesting. Obviously, we're not going to get to see what that's like. <laughs> we're not going to get to see what his mindset is as far as um, how he plays. I mean, we'll be able to maybe tell by the way he's playing. But if, if he coasts, dude, if he coasts the first day, that leaderboard could get real stacked and you could kind of forget about where everybody started at that point is what I'm saying. There's 10 to 15 guys that if they throw a 64 out there, 63 or 64, and she- but the key is Scheffler obviously has to coast if they if but if he coasts and a couple guys throw a 63 or four in there, 
that leaderboard is going to look like a normal PGA Tour leaderboard after round one, where one guy's maybe fired a low one, quote unquote, because he started at that number. But overall, it's going to be pretty stacked and the pressure will be on, I think. Because even though Scheffler had an unbelievable year, what has he done since like July, June or July? Not even well, July. I mean, like he, he just finished like second at the BMW. He's had a lot of high finishes. He hasn't really won. And, and who knows if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think... I think overall he's still going to bring his game. It's just going to depend if somebody can just go fucking sicko mode on him and and come from behind. So he does have his destiny in his hands, but we are hoping for some parity because who doesn't like watching the back nine playing for $18 million with the fucking pressure coming down on you like that. Yeah. It's going to make for a fun event. If I, I just don't, we always, and we've said this, but we always just cheer for you know, we have our favorites, of course, Cam Smith and other guys like that and guys that we've bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But um, I, I just want to see something fun. I just want to be interested on 16, 17, 18 on Sunday. Uh, just because, you know, it's maybe the largest. Yeah, well, it is the largest purse ever won in one single golf tournament. Now, it's a culmination of the entire year and points stacked up and um, getting to this point. But overall when we get to the back nine Sunday, that kind of all goes away and it's one nine whole round for $18 million. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see the parody. Hopefully there is some and Scotty Scheffler is not walking the back nine in, just fucking knocking it around. You know, I, I want to see something intense. So we, we will find out, but I definitely, I definitely think that East Lake is the venue to provide the drama. So it's going to, it's always a fun week and we'll obviously be back next week to, to see how right or wrong we were about our predictions. So, um, yeah. Well, other... if we, do you want to take, do you want to each take someone just for funsies? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's take lock. someone. All right. I'm logging into the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. We're going to go to our championship. Scotty Scheffler. Oh, so you can, uh, there's different bets here. Uh, you can bet on who can win the tournament. This is cool. Check out the check this out over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can bet on a, a winner without the starting strokes. Like they actually allow that. That is low key. Like I feel like a great opportunity to like hop on somebody that's always back. You know what I mean? Like they don't feel like they're in contention, but they play well. Yeah, and then. Uh, so Scotty Scheffler is plus 225 to win the event. Um, but DraftKings is adding an opt-in right here where uh, it's add plus 100 on to any outright bet winner at the Tour Championship. So if you opt into that, you can get Scotty Scheffler at plus 325. So not bad, I don't think. Um, and then Patrick Cantlay's plus 300. Xander Schauffele's plus 550. Rory McIlroy plus 900. John Rahm up there plus 1,200, even though he's starting six strokes back. Sam Burns, they're not giving any love to. He's at plus 2,200. Uh, Justin Thomas plus 2,200 as well. And then Cam Smith and Sun J.M. at plus 2,500. So, so wait, um, if, if we're bet like, talk me through this like a small child. If I'm trying to bet a winner, but just the lowest score of the week without strokes, correct? That would be without starting strokes. Yes, exactly. So if you go to tournament lines. Yeah. You go tournament winner with uh where was that? Uh popular. 
Oh, winner. If you scroll down under popular, instead of tournament winner, if you just go to winner, goes without starting strokes. Yep. Oh, dude, I'm definitely right off the top of my head. And and betting is partially getting good odds, but uh, Tony Finau plus 1600. I like Cameron Smith plus 2000. I like, um, and then go down even further. You have Cameron young who hasn't won a tour event all year and he still technically wouldn't be winning an event, but he's been playing as good of golf as anyone. Um, he's plus 3000 and even Aaron wise, he's been playing really good golf too. He's plus 4,000. So I think there's going to be some money flying on my DraftKings sportsbook account. Cause I feel like I, I got it kind of dialed right now. Like, I don't know. I have no idea why, but I do. Yeah. That is kind of wild to think about uh, Cam Young being plus 3000. I mean, if he wins us this bet without the starting strokes, I feel like that we got to count that as a tour win, right? I agree. I mean, it's Mickey Mouse tour win. The odds are the odds. So, um, yeah, hop on your DraftKings Sportsbook app and check out all these these fucking fun bets because you could be like literally rooting. It's like somebody covering like a 30 point spread like they they birdie the last hole. They still don't win the event, but you could cash out a big, big W. So um, definitely look into that. Uh, do you have anything else on the tour championship, Spence? Nope. I am still hoping for a Rombo or Justin Thomas win so I can clip the pod from a couple weeks ago, but that's it. Okay, fair enough. One other quick piece of info on the PJ Tour is this year they are allowing, um, in the Tournament of Champions, they are allowing anybody that qualified for the FedEx Cup Championship. So this week, the final 30, even if they haven't won, they will still qualify for the Tournament of Champions. So I'll read you the list of guys that qualified for the top 30 without winning this year, which is pretty insane because it goes to show you how well they've played all year to not win and still get into this. Like that's a, that's a fucking accomplishment in and of itself. So it's Adam Scott, Colin Morikawa, Corey Connors, Cameron Young, Aaron Wise, Brian Harmon, Sahith Thagala and Scott Stallings. So, I mean, I would say, you know, at least, I mean, Scott Morikawa, Connors, and Young are four big-ass names as of now on the PGA Tour that have not won this year. But I I definitely think it adds a little bit to the field of the the um, tour, Tournament of Champions. So it's not just a layup, no-cut fucking money grab out in Hualalai. Or it's not Hualalai, it's Kapalua. But whatever, you get the point. So I know I kind of had some mixed feelings about this, like, it feels it's a not that it's they can no longer call it the tournament of champions. It feels a it's little now just the tournament of good players from 2022. Yeah. And the, the replies are the best part of this Jason Sobel tweet. Um, let's see tournament of uh, almost champions. Am I right? Sweet. This year just gets better and better for Thigala and Stallings. Um, I mean, that's true. Uh, I thought PJ tour is all about preserving legacy. <laughs> and then somebody do so, somebody goes, I thought that, Oh yeah. So I thought the PJ tour is all about preserving legacy. And this guy goes, we have another circus in town. PJ tour is about to roll up. <laughs> like, Oh man, that's a fact. Like how quickly they changed their tune. And then another guy goes, I thought the players wanted to play less. Um, century tournament of not really champions just everybody doesn't 
the general public, at least out of the reply guys, don't seem to love it. But, you know, it, it's kind of – it's a little lame. But then again, there's some guys that literally play like shit all season, one win one opposite field event, uh, Tom Hoagie. Hoagie's actually had a good year. I just don't like the guy. Um, but then Chad Ramey. There's a couple other guys that won this year that are relatively forgettable, and I don't want to take away their accomplishment of winning on the PJ Tour, and I, I don't think they give a baker's fuck about what I think. But I think you'd rather see Colin Morikawa, Cameron Young, and uh, Adam Scott than a few of these guys that won last year on tour. So um, I, I don't hate the idea. And wouldn't it be ironic if they win on the if they win the tournament of champions after not winning the entire season and somehow getting into the tournament of champions? Yeah, it, I just like Keegan Bradley was like, this should happen every year. Oh, is that because you can never win anymore, you bum? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. I, just, I don't get it. I like Keegan. You were a huge Keegan Bradley fan. Where where did that go? I, I, I don't know. He just, like, can't win, so he's not fun. I used to like Ricky Fowler, too, and he sucks. So, I'm, I'm only on with winners. I mean, Ricky I only... Fowler does suck, but that's beside the point. So, um, but anywho, I think... Uh, other than that, I think that covers the PJ Tour talk. I know we were going to do a fairway or four today, Spencer. Um, we haven't done one in a hot minute. So what what do you got cooking for us today? No, we're back on the grind. And just so you guys know, we're going to get some more structure to this podcast. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. But as of right now, our plan is to do a fairway or four every other week, every other pod. And then also when we have a guest on, of course, get back to the Grand Slam um, we'll be thinking of different topics for the Grand Slam, mostly golf related, but some of them uh, more related to the guests we have on. So kind of some structure we're going to add. Uh, we don't typically do well with structure, but uh, we'll see how we can uh, morph ourselves into better podcasters and have some structure. But uh, my fairway or four this week. So uh, it's kind of funny. My wife, I think she does listen to this podcast occasionally or all the time. We'll see. Um, but I got to the I asked her if we had some packages today. Um, when I got to the, the mail room at our apartment here and she said, you know, sends me the little code and I open it up and it's a Bissell and it's a fucking dog vacuum, dog hair vacuum. Okay. And this normally is an, is like a cool, like we're going to clean, right? Well, we already have six vacuums. We have a normal dry carpet vacuum. We have a wet floor wood floor vacuum we've got a handheld dog vacuum with three different things we've also got another wet vacuum that we use for things like it's becoming insane luckily it was only just cleaning supplies for the vacuum that we currently have but my fairway or four is how many vacuums is too many i believe having any more than two vacuums is just out of pocket yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like you could just get a vacuum that does all the things that you're looking for and kind of combine them all into one like it is fucking the year 2022. I don't think you need to get eight different vacuums for each different occasion. So, yeah, I would say like a wet vac and like a dry vac. Um, I, yeah, I'd say the limit's right at two. I I own a Dyson, not a big deal, and a... Uh, a Swiffer wet jet, which is not a vacuum, but I just either wet jet the hardwood. I even fucking dice in the hardwood. Sometimes that shit's clutch. Like it, I have this like engineered hardwood that doesn't scratch up. So I just 
fucking do whatever to that stuff. Like I take the vacuum on it, you know, I can kind of do whatever I want to it. So yeah, I would, I would cap that's, that's definitely a, a four owning more than two vacuums. So uh, uh, two, so it's fairway owning more than two vacuums is four. Correct. Okay. However you would like to word it in the graphic. Um, my fairway or four so tonight I'm making homemade pizza in my pizza oven, which I have not done all summer. Um, if, if anyone's ever heard of an uni pizza oven, I've got one and it's fucking sick. No Except free ads. No, <laughs> it's yeah, no free ads, whatever, but it's fucking really cool. I just haven't used it all summer. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to use it. Um, but I, it got me thinking about like crust cause I actually made my own dough which I've never done before. So it could go super poorly. Um, we'll find out pretty shortly. Cause I'm, that's what I'm going to do right after this, but I am such a thin pizza kind of dude. Cause this, this pizza oven gets to 900 degrees and cooks a pizza in like 45 seconds. So, but you can't do it if it's thick crust because it, it just is going to be dough in the middle and crispy on the outside. So you have to get it super thin, all stretched out and that good shit. Um, in order to cook it properly and still make sure all the doughs cook through. But fairway or four thin crust is the elite pizza crust. Uh, I am as a fairway for me. Okay. Um, I'm not a big crust guy in general, so I don't really care, but I do like uh, a drunk midnight Friday night pizza and thin crust is by far the way to go. I will say though, a little quick backstory on this fucking pizza oven Mitchell's got. We tried to do this like a year ago. We almost set his garage on fire. It was a year and a half ago. The pizza Nothing never got, got cooked. Pizza never because got we cooked. didn't know how to fucking do it. And by the way, you oh, had you're getting nothing, mad. You did not you're help. Let's calm down. You had not. You did not help at all. You're fucking worthless. Because I come when I come over to your house, I don't expect to help with fucking dinner. No, that's, For, that's and second of all, much, I don't know shit about style. I don't that's know pretty, shit. So that's that. Yeah, that's pretty much your style. Usually, just sit down and ask me to wait on you like i'm your fucking maid correct i'm guest okay i'll remember that for next time i come to your place you fucking hillbilly that's exactly what you do here all right wrap oh yeah go ahead and wrap us up dickhead (laughs) all right that's been this episode of big drive energy we appreciate you all listening make sure you're tuning in every week we release the pods on wednesday Make sure you're following us on TikTok at Big Drive Energy, at Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. Uh, we post a bunch of just shit posting videos. We're actually getting called out by some of our members of the golf course. Uh, I gave it to one guy today. He goes, did you catch any flack for that? And I said, oh, yeah, only like a million people saw it. And he goes, oh, be damned, and just walked out. So make sure you're following us on all the socials. If you like our podcast or if you don't, give us a review. Reviews always help us grow, so we appreciate that. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, We're going to have a guest on. We haven't released the name yet. That will come out sometime this weekend once he gets back from a trip that he's on. Uh, Looking forward to talking to him and enjoying. Enjoy the FedEx Cup Championship. Go John Rahm. Go Justin Thomas. Let's all just hope for a fun, intense back nine on Sunday for $18 million. For the Golf Bros, we are out. Peace. Peace.